Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point, featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the Extra Point is good. Welcome in to Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. It's a Thursday. It's April 13th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Let's get things started here. We'll set the scene with today's poll questions and we'll start with the KDOS1060.com poll questions. Question, who do you have ATS on Friday in Miami? The Bulls at plus five or the Heat minus five? Numbers coming to you from the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Out in front remains the Heat at 75% of the vote. Bulls sitting at 25% as the Bulls uh, won their contest last night to be able to have this opportunity to face the Heat. They did win last night, and uh, that game was kind of a description of why Zach Levine has kind of driven me nuts over the years. First half, he took a lot of bad shots, settled for jump shots, missed a lot of jump shots, and the Bulls were not in the game. Second half, he just beelined it to the rim continually and was you know highly successful doing that, and the, the Bulls dominated the second half of the game. We'll get into much more in that contest momentarily. We'll answer the poll question today around 1130. Moving on over to Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. Still nothing yet, nothing on the horizon. Uh, So maybe this is going to be a draft weekend sort of thing that occurs. But should the Jets trade a 2023 second round pick and a 2024 first round pick for Aaron Rodgers? Masses are on the yes side of things at 52.9%. No trailing at 47%. 0.1% of the vote. Yeah, and this was reported yesterday on ESPN as what this is kind of what the the asking price is and uh this would explain why I guess it was 4 months ago yesterday when Aaron Rodgers was on McAfee's show and declared that he wanted to be the quarterback for the Jets and uh if this is actually the asking price which I have no reason to dispute that it's not. I think that explains why we've uh, pretty much been, uh, you know, kind of like radio is silent for four four weeks as far as what's going on with the Jets and the Packers. It first of all, two things. One, I also saw that Charles Robinson of Yahoo uh, is reporting the same asking price here, but then his report also said that the Packers were willing to throw in a 2025 pick. I don't know what round, but if Aaron Rodgers were to retire after the 2023 season, the Packers would throw in some compensation for the Jets. So I did see that portion of things. And the second thing, uh, it was really only four weeks ago that that happened. That Pat McAvee, yeah, uh, know, whole extravaganza. Like <laughs> totally agree. Well, you you have to kind of distinguish which McAfee appearance when Rogers said which particular week, and 
you know, he, you know, he does be, before the darkness or after the darkness. There's all kinds of layers here. That's a very good point. We will answer that question today around 1130. We'll take your calls. And, as- and I've never watched that show, by the way. So I, I have it just it's hearsay or you know, clips of what he said, like on NFL Network or ESPN. But it, it's kind of amazing how I feel like I have watched that show on a continuous. I understand uh the series and the trilogy, I guess, because it's been so you—it's been often so often used by others. Uh, you know, it's interesting because I believe that particular show they were basically replaying what Aaron had said, maybe like five minutes after he said it. So obviously, McAfee had granted uh, permission to be able to use the content, and so it was like on a continual loop on like ESPN, NFL Network. Like moments after he said it, they would go to a clip and say, "Well, this is what Aaron just said." So uh, yeah. it certainly captivated minds, or something, some such a thing. Yeah, I don't know if I have a mind or not, but uh, and and captivate. I'm, you know, I guess that's a word for it. Um, You know, sick of it is a phrase for it. So get this taken care of. Between this and the Lamar Jackson thing, and I had pipeline questions today. Only had like five pipeline questions. Lamar Jackson and Aaron Rodgers are still two of them. It's getting a little old, and I need the draft to hurry up and get here. Almost here. Uh, what is that? April two weeks from today. 27th? Yeah. Uh, yeah it's the two first weeks from round. Today's first, right. Yep. That's two, that's two weeks from today. Well, I'm sure we'll have some NFL discussion to get into uh, as we inch closer to two weeks from today. We'll also have some NFL topics uh, in today's show as well. Your phone calls today at six, uh, 1030 and 1115. The number is 602-260-1060. We'll take those calls 1030 and 1115. Let's go back to the NBA last night. And uh, once again, it was just a play-in game. Uh, the Bulls had a 37-point fourth quarter to come from behind and beat the Raptors 109 to 105. You mentioned Zach Levine, 39 points, 12 of 22, 13 of 15 from the foul line is his number. Uh, Billy Donovan, head coach for the Bulls, called Levine's performance, quote, phenomenal. Also said his performance was extraordinary. It gave us life and it gave us hope. DeMar DeRozan added in 23 points, 10 of 19. And uh, true to form here, the Bulls made seven threes on 26 attempts. So maybe a little more threes than we're accustomed to seeing, but they don't shoot many from behind the arc. For the Raptors, uh, they were led by Pascal Siakam's 32 points on 13 of 22 and Fred Van Vliet 26 points 8 of 22 and 12 boards yeah a couple things uh yeah I understand uh you know Donovan's uh exuberance there at the end of the game I'm sure he was pretty irritated at Levine's performance in the first half uh and uh you know 30 roughly 30 points in the second half and got to the free throw line and why doesn't he do that more often? And you mentioned behind the arc. Neither of these teams on the season shot particularly well from behind the arc. Uh, and then yesterday, obviously, the Raptors, they missed 18 free throws. They shot 36, and they missed 18 of them. That might be about 50%. Uh, so that has a lot to do with the fact that they're going home, and uh, they're done. So we'll see what happens with Nick Nurse and something I talked about, uh, one of the many topics we discussed in the sports zone at uh, tw- roughly 15 past the last hour with uh, with uh, Dan Favale from Bleacher Report. 
So you mentioned 8 of 36 from the foul line. Uh, are we crediting DeMar DeRozan's daughter and her screaming tactics is what threw off the Raptors' concentration? I guess everybody else is, right? I yeah. mean, maybe that played a small role, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, these are you know, professional players and that should not bother them. Uh, you know, Siakam, as you mentioned, he missed two out of three at the end of the game, which obviously completely changed the strategy in the last few seconds of that game. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with you on that point, that uh, you should be able to hit some free throws with distractions. Uh, you, you're used to playing, in a way, arenas where there's plenty of noise and distractions. And, and what are those, uh, like, blow-up things that you bang together uh, that people have behind uh, the Thunder the sticks. There we go, yeah. Thunder sticks thing. Thunder yeah. sticks, yeah. There's plenty of distractions here. I haven't thought here. of that in a long time. I'm, I'm shocked that I remember the names. Uh yeah, we had those here for, I remember, a Diamondbacks playoff game, which is obviously several years ago now, uh, a playoff game against Colorado, if I remember correctly. And those, you know, they, you know the media, you had overflow seating and so forth, so we weren't in the press box and we're kind of out in left field, literally in left field. Uh, and uh, the the people behind us had these things, and it was extremely irritating. <laughs> so yeah, those things make a lot of noise if they're, like, right behind you. I can imagine as such. Uh, and you also alluded here, too, that the Raptors, they'll have some uh, interesting offseason ahead for themselves with many question marks looming for their franchise. You know, are they going to have a head coach in Nick Nurse? Uh, who's going to even be on the roster, as we talked about yesterday, with the potential for yeah. – a lot of free agents and and it may just come down to kind of a, a total rebuild for this Raptors franchise. However, the fan base, uh, I don't know, do they, do they want a total rebuild? I have no idea. I mean, they are extremely loyal fan base. And, you know, that uh, Jurassic Park thing they got going outside there during the playoffs every year uh, is quite impressive. <laughs> so, uh, even last night in a uh, play-in game, uh, they were out there and making their noise and uh, and so forth. Maybe they should have uh, gone inside and tried to distract, uh, you know, try to you know, drown out the uh, DeRozan's daughter, uh, you know, screaming at the free throw line thing. Might have helped if they could have snuck inside the arena and made some noise. For the Bulls, though, they're moving on 4 p.m. Friday. They'll face the Heat. Uh, if you go back to the regular season, again, uh, just throwing out these statistics, not sure you can glean too much from it, though. Uh, the uh, Bulls are 3-0 and against the Heat. When you look at the first contest that they had, the Bulls didn't have uh, Levine. He was out with a knee injury. In the second contest, the Heat didn't have Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, or Caleb Martin. So uh, <laughs> interesting there. But this is now... Now the opportunity to play to become the number eight seed and congratulations you get to face the milwaukee bucks that's true and uh, you know we uh, also discussed this with dan a little bit about uh, you know, the middleton situation i know middleton in the last couple days has come out and said that if uh, the end of the regular season were a postseason situation that he would have been playing even then so I think that gives us an idea that he's at least going to start the playoffs. Hopefully he can physically make it through. 
I think uh, certainly we found out last year how important his absence is when they got eliminated by the by the Celtics when he was unable to play at the, you know, for a chunk of that series. So Zach Levine uh, was quoted as saying about the Heat, we match up well against them. Obviously, this is once again a one and done situation. We have to go in there with the same mindset. There's go, They're going to make adjustments and so are we. But do you agree with the part here that uh, the Bulls match up well against the Heat? Yeah, I don't know what to think of the Heat after the other night. Um, you know, I don't think I've ever seen a Heat team uh, just, you know, physically dominated. I think that's safe to say, right? They got destroyed in the paint. They uh, didn't get to any loose balls. They were not the aggressor out there. And usually, I think if we look at the Heat in the playoffs, certainly, uh, you know, I'm talking about the past Dwayne Wade and Shaq era, but the last two or three years, uh, not many playoff games, even when they've lost in the playoffs, have they been, you know, kind of the uh, the team that you look at and go, you know, where's the aggression here? And that was certainly the case on Tuesday night, though. I mean, the Hawks got to everything. I know that they had a length advantage. Yeah, I don't think that Vucevic is uh, going to really you know, scare Bam out of bio too much. So we'll see how that goes. But uh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure how they match up, quite frankly. And I didn't obviously think a whole lot of the Bulls before last night. Um, and I really didn't think much of the Bulls when they're down 19 in the third quarter. Uh, and uh, that whole game changed because Levine just put it on the floor and went to the rim. And, uh, you know, a large part of his, you know, you know outscore you know, performance and his, you know, his you know, second half performance especially – is because he was so aggressive and got to the line. So we'll see how that goes. And uh, in Miami, I would think that Miami is going to be a, a little more enthused. I mean, they weren't in a one-and-done situation or lose-and-go-home situation of their night. They are now. Uh, that's true. They had one more game in their back pocket, but I, I think physical domination destroyed all those uh, terms that you used were appropriate for just the lackluster energy and performance that the Heat provided in that contest against the Hawks. So we'll see if it's any different for them Friday night. But also, I will say that at some point, you know, we've been waiting for the Heat to turn it around, that uh, knowing that you have an Eric Spolstra led team, kind of understanding the type of style that they play with Jimmy Butler, uh, Tyler Hero, that you would expect uh, it not the regular season to not have gone the way that it did. So maybe at some point they're just telling us who they are. Agreed. I mean, I've uh, talked to a couple of people who watch the NBA far closer than I do, especially the Eastern Conference, uh, than I do during the regular season. And they didn't seem to be nearly as surprised as I was on Tuesday night at the lack of, uh, you know, just aggression. I think I'm going to stick with that word aggression or lack thereof uh, from the Heat on Tuesday night. And that's uh, unlike Heat teams of the past. And, you know, know, I've made it perfectly clear over the years that I really don't get into the NBA too much and uh, really don't care about the regular season too much. And I probably cared about the regular season less this year than ever. And that's not my fault. That's the NBA's fault with all the load management crap going on. And you mentioned all the guys that you know, missed time when these teams played the Heat and the Bulls played during the regular season. I don't. I think I heard this last night. That they didn't play any of these. Neither team was at full strength during any of these games that they played during the regular season. 
Great. We can take a lot from those regular season contests. Um, you see, that's why I don't pay any attention to the regular season matchups once we get to the playoffs because almost never – uh, are the seems either because of the trade deadline or now because of the increase in load management. I mean, it's just done. Rarely is it a level playing field once you get to the postseason when you assume that everybody that's uh, you know good is going to play unless they're really legitimately injured. Uh, we'll save the Thunder and the Pelicans game for the other side of the break. I think it's fair to say it it lived up to the expectations that yeah, we it was had. Fun. Yeah, it was very fun. Uh, so we'll get into that on the other side of the break. Uh, also, we had plans to discuss in our NFL conversations what's going on with the commanders, but it looks like here Sportico is reporting that uh, Dan Snyder has reached an agreement in principle to sell the commanders to the Philadelphia 76ers-led group, Josh Harris. So uh, that'll be part of some of the other discussions that we have surrounding the NFL a little bit later on. But uh, they still have to... I guess get to the dotted line portion of things, but if it all goes through, it would become the highest sale in the NFL, surpassing what the Broncos and the Rob Walton-led group just purchased the team for with $4.6 billion. So we'll get into much more of all of that coming up here on The Extra Point. Have you downloaded the KTUS 1060 app yet? Download today and get all of your favorite local and national shows right on your phone. Welcome back to Extra Point 1024 here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Make sure you're downloading the app, registering, and following along with the listener rewards because there's plenty of options up on uh, on the app right now for the month of April. Continuing our NBA play-in conversation, there was a little bit of excitement and anticipation for the Thunder and Pelicans contest last night, and it lived up to the uh, hype. The Thunder topped the Pelicans, though, 123-118. to Brandon Ingram continued his great offensive play, 30 points, 10 of 19, 9 of 11 from the foul line. Uh, let's just first ask this question. Should the three that he hit late in the game, should that have been called a foul, and should he have been going to the line for a four-point play? I think so. Um, it was uh, seemed looked like there was some kind of contact there. If not, the that landing area thing that they use as a, you know, also sometimes a foul call. It seemed like they uh, that that was violated. So yeah, I think so. Shea Gildas Alexander for the Thunder, 32 points on 11 of 22. Josh Giddy, 31 points also on 11 of 22 from the floor. And Lou Dort, uh, he had his best game, 27 points, 8 of 14, and certainly was very impactful uh, right from the start. Right, until he injured his elbow. And uh, that's a big question heading into the game on Friday. Uh, yeah, he had 20 in the first half, and then he actually – Sat for a lengthy part of the second half, and uh, I know that the television crew was wondering if he was you know, okay. And uh, he came back into the game. He did finish the game, but uh, there was clearly something going on with uh, his elbow. And, uh, you know, like I said, they play a, kind of a quick turnaround, needless to say, playing Friday night now against Minnesota and uh, you know, the opportunity to move into the, quote, playoffs. 
Uh, Willie Green, he mentioned post-game about the third quarter. That ended up being a pivotal pivotal momentum swing for the Thunder. Uh, he is quoted there because they gave up 39 points to the Thunder. The third quarter, I thought we got a bit casual in our approach. They just made more plays than us. Uh, so certainly it was kind of a back-and-forth contest there, though, in the second half. And for a while, it was trading shot for shot. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, Willie Green's under some serious criticism after this game last night. Some very strange um, substitution patterns in the fourth quarter. Uh, Jackson Hayes on the floor, and not just on the floor, but actually getting uh, some offensive run, and he's not an offensive player. And uh, if you're a Pelicans fan today, and I think that – you know that uh, you know, the head coach has got to get uh, you know some criticism here, and you got to kind of wonder what the heck were they doing? What was the? You've got several scorers out there, and you know they didn't seem to go to their strengths all the time when the game was on the line. Uh, C.J. McCollum, after the game, admitted that he needs right thumb surgery. He needed it three months ago, but delayed it to help the team try to win. Also mentioned that he has an injured shoulder and will need to get that examined as well. Uh, also, it appears that Zion Williamson was getting in some some workout uh, before the game in which he did not play last night and finished it off with a dunk. And, and so this is like the second time that I think we've seen this where Zion hasn't played and uh, maybe he was technically medically cleared to do so. Obviously, we talked about how uh, he had talked to the media that he just wasn't mentally ready to get back out on the court. So certainly, I don't know if players have a little bit of resentment about that or uh, if everything's going to be all good for the Pelicans in the offseason. Yeah, I would be really upset if I were a Pelicans player. He didn't play after January the 2nd. Uh, you, know, you certainly uh, you seemed like uh, you know, I think it was officially you mentioned the term medically cleared. I think he was quote medically cleared, but he had that kind of bizarre comment that he doesn't feel like Zion, so he's not going to play. Uh, so that would be uh, yeah, they've got. I think there's I think there's a lot of questions in uh, in New Orleans, and they they start with uh, the guy who was the first overall pick of the draft and. I think you know, people that want to doubt whether that was the right choice or not, I think that they need to go back and look at the what the opinion was before that draft. And while many, including myself, wondered if he was going to endure, be able to endure the NBA because of his body type, and he the dude needs to get in better shape. There's no question about that. And that's a you know an off season thing, and you stay in shape during the season type of type of thing. Uh, but you know they, they you know, but before that draft he was the obvious number one choice and you know the uh, you know I know it's easy to go back now and say you know other people have had better careers at this point etc but uh, th- there was no doubt that he should have been the first pick of the draft before the fact. For the Thunder, they're the ones moving on, so they will face the Timberwolves Friday, 6.30 p.m. For the Timberwolves, uh, it appears Rudy Gobert should be back from suspension. Jaden McDaniels, however, will not be back with that fractured hand. Once again, the Thunder, just looking at what happened uh, in the regular season, the Thunder are 1-3 against the Timberwolves, but two of these games came within the first three games of the season, and none of these regular season contests were played after the All-Star break, so 
So I don't think we can take anything away from the regular season contest there. Shea Gildas Alexander, though, he continues to impress. And uh, this should be an interesting matchup on Friday. Yeah, I think so. And uh, you know, I was uh, you know like the the you know, like the Thunder last night, and I liked the Thunder on Friday. And Giddy was just amazing. I mean, he almost had a triple double last night. And uh, yeah, my my lone concern is about the uh, was the inexperience of uh, Oklahoma City. And you know they had a big lead, and they were up double digits, and then they fell behind one hundred one to one hundred, and then they regained control again. So. I think that was especially impressive for a team with uh, almost no playoff experience to have the lead really for the majority of the game and then falling behind and then regaining the lead on the road to win. So that that was, uh, you know, that was, that was very impressive. Uh, you know, they were the better team last night. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, and uh, I think they're actually the better team going into Friday. And I keep throwing in the Nas Reed thing, and nobody mentions him except for me, apparently. So maybe nobody else thinks he's any good. But I think he's a good player. And he was injured here a couple of weeks ago against the Suns. He wasn't available for the game on Tuesday night. I think he would have made a difference Tuesday night. And uh, I'm not sure what his status is for the Friday night game in Minnesota. Yeah, I think you have a good point here that those were some of the question marks that we mentioned about uh, heading into last night's contents about the Thunder and just how young they are and kind of how they stumbled into this position in the first place after all of a sudden exceeding expectations and uh, being in that jockeying position for 7, 8, 9, 10 in the West. That's, this isn't anywhere near where they were supposed to be. So just how are they going to handle all of this, the youth that they have on the roster? But when you look at this contest then for Friday – they still have the youth, but I almost want to say that they're more mature than the Timberwolves. Well, you know, you know, almost anybody would be more mature than the Timberwolves, though, right? So uh, as far as mature goes, uh, whether they have better players or not, and, you know, the Wolves, you know, they got, you know, several guys. They're a young team, but they, they've, they've had playoff experience, including last year uh, when they uh, had some success in the, uh, in the play-in round and also a little bit in the postseason. Uh, so we'll see what happens with that. But uh, I, I, I'm really impressed with uh, how many guys. It's not just Shea, Gil, uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander. They've got like four or five guys that can create their own shot. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they've got several good young players. And as I mentioned yesterday when we talked about the game beforehand, yeah, it seems like the Suns and the Thunder played like every other game towards the end of the season. So I think we're pretty familiar with the Thunder now. And also, you know, I know there was, you know, including for me, uh, criticism the Suns lost that game. Remember, Durant wasn't playing, but they lost that game at OKC when they blew the game in the fourth quarter and they had all the turnovers and, you know, it was all the points off of turnovers. You know, now that we've seen a little more from the Thunder, that's kind of their game is, uh, you know, they're tremendous uh, once they create turnovers and they turn that into offensive points at the other end very frequently, including last night. Uh, just looking ahead to some of the numbers and the lines for the upcoming weekend slate of games that are already scheduled, you have the Nets at the 76ers Saturday, 10 a.m., the Nets plus 8.5, 76ers minus 8.5. Uh, Saturday afternoon, 12.30 p.m., the Hawks at the Celtics, Hawks plus 9, Celtics minus 9, numbers coming to you from the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Cavalier, uh, the Cavaliers hosting the Knicks, 3 p.m. on Saturday, the Knicks plus 6, Cavs minus 
minus six. And the Warriors at the Kings, 5.30 p.m. on Saturday. The Warriors plus one on the road against the Kings, minus one. That should be a fun game, though, right? Like the Kings and the fan base has to just be amped up for Sacramento to finally be back in the playoffs. Problem might be is how many Warriors fans are actually going to be in that game. I know the game's at Sacramento, but uh, it's a bus ride, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm you know there. I'm sure that the Kings didn't have as many fans before this year as they do now, uh, and uh, I'm guessing that the majority of Northern California are Warriors fans and not Kings fans. So I'm not sure how much of a home crowd advantage they're going to have, even though they home, have the home court advantage for the series. Lakers at Grizzlies, 12 p.m. Sunday. Lakers plus three and a half. Grizzlies minus three and a half. And the Clippers at the Suns, 5 p.m. Sunday. Clippers plus seven and a half. Suns minus seven and a half. And obviously we'll dive into much more of that contest in tomorrow's program. Paul George on a practice court yesterday. Now, we didn't seem to do anything in the practice court, but they had video of him on the practice court. So... Other than just taking a couple of shots, and I didn't see any video of him running up and down the floor, but he was on the practice court. More uh, NBA and some Major League Baseball as well, but if you'd like to join the program, it's your turn, 602-260-1060. Give us a call. We'll get to you in the next segment. 602-260-1060 is the number. He is Bob Kemp. I am Kayla Mortolaro. It is The Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060, KDOS1060.com, and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Show Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m., right here on KDUS AM 1060. Welcome back to Extra Point, KDUS AM 1060, online at KDUS1060.com and with the KDUS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. 602 260 1060 is the number. If you'd like to join the program, we'll take your calls now. One more thing that I wanted to get into perspective NBA-wise before we dive into some Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, Yesterday, UCLA's Tyga Campbell declared for the NBA draft. This is in addition to Jalen Clark and Jaime Jaquez already declaring. So, Bob, whose game translates well to the NBA next level out of uh, Tyga Campbell, Jalen Clark, and Jaime Jaquez? I would say uh, Clark for sure. Uh, tremendous defender, really good rebounder for a wing player. And I think that that translates to the NBA, especially the defending part. He can guard multiple positions. So I would think that uh, of those three guys, he'd be the first guy uh, that I would be interested in. I think that uh, Hawk has certainly a really good college player. Not 100% sure how much he fits into the NBA, is three-point shooting, I know his numbers, unless there was a massive change in the last, like, say, two or three weeks of the regular season, uh, his numbers uh, declined as far as, as behind-the-arc shooting this past season. Um, like I said, really good college player, and uh, I'm not really sure where Campbell fits at, at all in the NBA. 
Uh, not a, you know, a lot of small point guards. Some of them work out, but you've got to have an extraordinary skill set in some area. And I think that he's, uh, once again, another guy who was a really good college player, and they were both in college for, you know, like 100 years. Uh, and, uh, you know, I don't know if he's going to be more than just a, uh, you know, guy on a roster in the NBA. As promised, 602-260-1060 is the number. We'll pop on out to the hotline. Uh, Monroe and Glendale, what's on your mind today, Monroe? Yeah, I'm looking at these games. Uh, first, I got a question about OKC. I don't remember the kid's name, but I believe he was uh, he was on the Gonzaga team that lost to Baylor. I Chad Holmgren. Yeah. Is he injured? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's got hurt in, uh, in the uh, got hurt in the summer league. I believe it was in the summer league, and he's he's out for the entire season. And uh, you know they have a void in the middle, but uh, that's why because he was going to be their guy. And uh, yeah, they're playing Dario Saric, God forbid, last night in uh, some major minutes and uh, crucial times uh, in that game. And I think they actually, I think the uh, the Thunder can get away with that against uh, the Wolves because if you if Rudy Gobert wants to become a good offense, if he wants to become an offensive threat in that game, I would just say, okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, I'd rather right. have him shooting the ball than a lot of the other uh, Minnesota players. And uh, so we'll see what's up with that. But, you know, Holmgren was obviously uh, their first pick. And, uh, you know, they've got a billion draft picks, which they very well il- illustrated during the game last night, all the number one picks they have upcoming. In fact, I don't know if they exactly said, but there's no way they're going to be able to draft, you know, all the players for all these number one picks. So I would assume, uh, especially now since they've shown progress this year, and I assume that they even they would admit that they're ahead of where they were previously scheduled. I would imagine they'll start packaging some of these number one picks and try to move up and get a better pick this year. Yeah, this, and this kid from Australia, I never heard of him either. Maybe it's because I'm like you, Bob. I don't pay a whole lot of attention to the regular season. But that kid, is, is that, was that aberration or is that, he's that good? Giddy, oh, he's really good. Him. Yeah, Giddy, he, he's really good. And, uh, yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he's been in a professional league in, uh, in Australia for several years. And, yeah, that's one of the better professional leagues for sure. And uh, a lot of, uh, for instance, a lot of St. Mary's players have uh, you know, come out of Australia in the recent years. Not necessarily the professional league, obviously, but uh, yeah, he's a very good player. And uh, I actually thought he was the best player on the floor last night of the game in New Orleans. He almost had a triple-double by the time the game ended. He, in fact, he might even got to a triple-double. I think it was like you know, you know, 30, 10, and 9. Uh, by the uh, last time I heard his actual numbers, but he was yeah, he was really good. And yeah, a couple of times they played against the Suns, he stood out against them uh, this past season too. He, he caught my attention. I knew who he was uh, before they actually drafted him because he, he was a, a pretty hyped player before the draft a couple of years ago. That dude's got some spunk, man. I like him. He don't back down yeah. for nobody. Oh, that's true. Well, he also got hit in a place where you're not supposed to hit a, 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 a male human being. <laughs> so I, I like the fact that he was uh, upset about that. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think like to me that was that seemed like should have been some kind of free throws or something on that. That was that was no action. Well, he got that dude. No, well, they shot. He got two. They they called that a flagrant foul. He got two free throws out of that. Well, I must have been switching channels, man. Okay. 
Um, well, it, it, I, there was a delay because they went to the review thing, and these, you know, the delays sometimes take a while. So that might have been what the deal yeah, was. But he yeah. shot. In fact, in fact, he shot the first free throw, and he didn't know the rule that he he shot the first one, made it, and then walked away and didn't realize he got a second free throw. They had to like almost tell him, "Hey, you got another one here." Yeah, and then I he missed the that. second one. He missed the second <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, Green, I think, just simply got out coached, Bob. They Oklahoma yeah, that wasn't State. good. Yeah, it, it, I don't it, understand. It, I don't. I don't know what the hell they were doing at the end of the game several times. You know, you got several guys on that team that uh, you know need the ball in their hands, and uh, you've got guys shooting the ball that shouldn't be shooting the ball with a game on the line. Yeah, they don't seem to have a. A what I'm gonna call it a shooter's hierarchy, uh, and and some of the shots they take are just so difficult to, to. They might make them, but they are hard shots, and it's it's like somehow he ought to be able to get those guys in a position. CJ CJ McCullough passed us some open shots for some very difficult drives to the basket, and I just yeah. it seems to me that's a coaching issue. Well, I know McCollum's been hurt, and yeah, Kayla mentioned that earlier in the hour here too. But yeah, I, I've always thought that McCollum is should be better than he is. I mean, he's good, but uh, I don't think he's as good as many claim that he is. And uh, on the other side of it, though, I think that you know, you just kind of I watch him play, and far too many times I wonder to myself that there should be more here than we're seeing, and uh, what the result is. Yeah, yeah. Lastly, you know, I'm I'm thinking New Orleans to just move on mentally and emotionally from Zion. I just don't. The greatest ability is availability, and if you ain't available, who cares what else you can do? And it, they just yeah. can't be waiting and waiting for him to figure out. I know he's injured, but I'm like you. I don't think that there are freak injuries. I I I think that it has a lot to do with his physical care for himself i think that's part of it well yeah i think i agree with that but uh i don't know for sure obviously but i think uh i lean towards your side there i don't think there's any question that he could be in better physical condition though and i thought that since he's even when he was at duke for the one year i thought that uh yeah he should have been in better shape then and uh here we are three four years down the road and uh, still think the same thing and that's probably a good thing to be a uh, bad thing excuse me to still be thinking that yeah yeah it'll be interesting to see how this all shakes out because at the end of the day i think they all plan to be you know the sacrificial lamb <laughs> for, for milwaukee or boston Although, well, maybe, maybe. Yeah, whoever comes out of the West, unless the Suns are just an incredible team and this all works out perfectly, uh, I think that yeah. uh, you know, whoever wins the East is uh, going to whoever wins the East is almost for sure going to be favored to win the finals this year. Yeah, all right, Bob. Thanks a lot. Oh, Monroe, one more thing here for you. Uh, I don't have anything later on in the show specifically to NFL Sunday Ticket, but I did stumble into a bunch of different things about streaming platforms and kind of the direction of things going and why it's been good for the leagues but doesn't necessarily mean that it's good for the consumers. So uh, stick with us, and we'll, we'll get into that later on in today's program. 
Will do. Thank you. All right. Uh, as always, 602-260-1060 is the number to join the show. We'll have more phone calls today around 1115. We'll get into the Diamondbacks conversation. We'll save that for the top of our number two. Uh, we'll get into a little bit about what's going on in the NFL with the potential commander sale. Looks like there's been an uh, agreement made in principle, and we'll find out a little bit more about who's potentially buying the commanders. So we'll get into that here in uh, the extra point. Plus, the RBC Heritage is underway, and uh, we'll find out uh, who's how our guys are doing. Right now, Victor Hovland is out in front. He shot a 7-under 64. Brian Harmon in the clubhouse at 6-under 65. So we'll dive into much more of all of that happening here on KDOS AM 1060, online at kdos1060.com, and with the KDOS 1060 app, powered by Superbook Sports. Your morning drive just got a little better. The Dan Patrick Show is live weekday morning starting at 6 exclusively on KDUS AM 1060. number one of Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. A quick look here at the RBC Heritage Open. We have Victor Hovland leading the way at seven under par. There is perspective thunderstorms rolling in later today, so we'll see how that alters any of the afternoon tee times, but Victor Hovland out in front, Brian Harmon in second at six under par, and then you have a host of of guys here Joel Damon, Scott Stallings, Matt Fitzpatrick and Zach Johnson all at five under par and actually all of them are done for the day. When it comes to some of our guys we had Matt Kuchar, uh, he shot three under par today, he's in a tie for 10th. We also had Shane Lowry in a top 30 position he's uh, one under par in the clubhouse for the day in a tie for 25th. Our guys in the outright market uh, Patrick Cantlay is one over through three. Uh, then we have Cameron Young, who is one under through three, as is Colin Morikawa at one under through four. If you're curious about uh, the Masters champion, John Rahm, he is even through two. So we'll uh, continue to monitor how things are going at the RBC Heritage. As we were getting ready to start today's show, Sportico uh, had announced that Dan Snyder has reached an agreement in principle to sell the Commanders for nearly $6 billion to a group led by the Philadelphia 76ers co-owner Josh Harris and his group. Harris's group includes Mitchell Rails. So Mitchell Rails, he founded the Donaher Corporation in 1984 with his brother. If you're like me, you had no idea what the Donaher Corporation is. It is a global science and technology innovator company. So that's who he is. Also included in the this group is uh, Magic Johnson. So that is appearing to be what the direction is moving toward. Uh, no deal is finalized yet. It's just an agreement in principle. But uh, as we had planned to discuss, Tillman Fertetta 
He had told CNBC yesterday that he had a bid in at $5.6 billion to the commanders. His specific quote here is, that's the value that Forbes had them at, and at some point you've got to draw a line in the sand on everything, and that's where we are. If they can get somebody to pay them more than that, good luck to them. That's all I can say. I own a franchise, as he is the uh, Houston Rockets owner, so I love them selling for a lot, but at some point I don't think $6 billion is the right number. So he's out. Jeff Bezos, he was apparently uh, connected to the commanders here, but According to several reports, Bezos actually never made an official offer. Uh, According to the Washington Post, Bezos will possibly wait for the Seahawks. The Seahawks are not currently for sale, but Jody Allen might finally do it. Of course, she has taken over for her late brother, Paul Allen. So this is where things currently stand with the commanders. But at some point, it would be great uh, to be able to just kind of move forward with the commanders. And they have plenty of things that they need to clean up in that franchise agreed and you know bottom line if you know for my purposes i don't really care who the owner is i just wish they had more good players yeah they're well their one good player has uh taken some time to get back and healthy and back on the field talking about chase young he was supposed to be a difference maker we've saw we've seen some of what he can do on the field but injuries have certainly held him back a bit that's true, but if they don't get a quarterback, and I actually like Sam Howell, but uh, I think that he needs others around him to help. It's more likely that the uh, people around him on the offensive side make him better than him making them better. Uh, so we'll see. But uh, you know, they just—they're uh, not good, and you know, there was not much reason to—you know—all the garbage aside with the ownership and everything else going on. Uh, it was that they were a very difficult team to watch last season. Yeah, and then you had the controversy of whether or not uh, Ron Rivera knew that they were out of playoff contention, and whether or not he should have pulled Carson Wentz because he wasn't giving them a chance to win. Uh, he said he obviously knew, but the way that he answered the question seemed like surprise that they didn't have a chance and they were eliminated, etc. So uh, there's just a lot I think that's been going on over there, and certainly things start with the quarterback. There's pieces though. You do have a good wide receiver in Terry McLaurin. Yeah, uh, Ron, as far as Rivera goes, you know, nice guy, and uh, we, you know, he's gone through a lot personally, uh, but I think I've seen enough of Ron Rivera as a head coach. We'll get into the Arizona Diamondbacks in Major League Baseball to kickstart our number two of Extra Point. That's coming up next. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you on this Thursday, April 13th, right here on KDUS AM 1060.